Welcome to the fan, the aspiring pro wrestler, and those of you who are just here to hang out. Welcome to Manifest Wrestling. Today's the Raw review. You guys know what it is. We had a Monday Night Raw show last night, August 7th. And today we're going to talk about it. So in the words of Cody, what do you want to talk about? Well, of course, we want to talk about what happened on Monday Night Raw. What a show that was, actually. I mean, that was absolutely, really probably one of the better uh, follow-up shows to a premium live event that I've seen recently. And I mean, they had a lot, right? A lot to follow up on because SummerSlam was such a packed show that uh, anything less than a stellar follow-up to that would have been a big problem. And honestly, I can say this one, this one delivered in a lot of ways from start to finish. So let's get into it, guys. Cody Rhodes kicks off the show. He comes out to a huge pop. And it's funny, he comes out to that pop in the home of Brock Lesnar, who wasn't here tonight, but last night. But, you know, he said, I had a conversation with my mom. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe Brock Lesnar shook my hand at the show because, of course, Brock Lesnar shook his hand after that match, after they finished the trilogy and Cody picked up the victory. And, uh, you know, Cody drops a little hint at what his next feud is going to be by saying, oh, my mom said, you know what just happened? Brock Lesnar acknowledged you. And so now Cody's like, you know, I'm ready to take on the world. I feel like I can beat anybody and. Seth Rollins interrupts, and this would be a common theme, by the way. <laughs> this would be a common theme of the night, interruptions happening. And, uh, you know, Seth Rollins interrupts. He has on those huge boots again. This time they're yellow, and I feel like they just keep getting bigger and bigger every single time he wears them as the, uh, as the, the weeks go on. Uh, but he comes out, and he's like, you know, hey. Did I just hear you say you think you could beat anybody? Well, let's let's put that to the test. You know, they're teasing Cody versus Seth. And in my mind, I'm thinking, wow, this is a this is a bit early for Cody versus Seth. You're not going to save that for maybe one of the big four. Uh, but needless to say, it looks like they're not going to do that right away because they started building for something else. But Judgment Day interrupts. Finn Balor is noticeably not walking down the ramp with them, but... You know, it's Priest, it's Dom, it's Rhea, and um, of course, Dominic getting nuclear heat as soon as he opens his mouth is just amazing every single time. Uh, but, of course, there's a bit of a standoff there, and all of a sudden, out of the blue, Finn Balor attacks Seth from behind. So he didn't come down there with them, but he attacked them from behind. And, um, you know, Sami Zayn ends up making the save for Cody and Seth. Because KO's still hurt. By the way, KO, I ran into him at the airport on my way back from Detroit. That was a really cool moment. He was super cool. I tried to be as respectful as I possibly could and not really hound him or be too loud, alert other people of his presence. I was just like, hey, KO, uh, look, man, I know you're busy. Do you mind if we take a picture real quick? I'm a, you know, I'm a big fan of yours. And he was super cool about it. He took a picture, and I you know, just wished him the best in his recovery. And uh, we went our separate ways. Um, I don't want to be that guy who's always, you know, asking somebody for an autograph. You know, I don't need an autograph. I'm not going to sell your stuff. I just want a picture. Like, that memory is going to last forever. I ran into Kevin Owens at the airport. 
that's really, really freaking cool. Uh, but, you know, at the end of this segment, it's set up Cody, Seth, and Sami Zayn versus the Judgment Day. Six-man tag in the main event. Really good opening segment. Teased a lot of good stuff. And, um, you know, I really think it accomplished what they set out to accomplish. So, that moved us on to a backstage segment with Ricochet backstage complaining to Adam Pierce, hey, like, you know, I know you saw it. Logan Paul used those brass knuckles on me. I had him beat, and, you know, he cheated to win. And Adam Pierce is like, you know, hey, I agree with you. I saw it. I think that was a load of bull, and I'm going to give you another chance. And uh, that's why I have all four of you here. So, he, you know, Ricochet looks surprised as Pierce brings in three other men, and it's Champa, Riddle, and Chad Gable, the hometown kid from Minneapolis, Minnesota, which they were in tonight. And um, you know, he says, hey, I'm setting up a fatal four-way match with all four of you, and winner is going to become number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship. Now, I knew who was going to win this one going in because of what they've been building on Raw for the past few weeks before this. They've really been pushing uh, Chad Gable a lot recently. And uh, he ended up coming away with the the victory in this matchup. But, man, it was a really good match. So, you know, to start off the match, all four of them were doing that uh, spot you usually see with just two people where, you know, they're rolling around. Somebody's trying to get the advantage. They're countering each other and all types of stuff. Except they found a way to do it with four different people. And that was just insane. There were surprise roll-ups. There were – I don't even know how to describe the moves. It was just a whole bunch of stuff. You got to see it for yourself. But it it was pretty uh, spectacular. And then there was a uh, corner spot in this match uh, involving all four men. And I'll just say they had Ricochet being the one that wasn't giving anything but was just taking everything. And they couldn't have picked a better one, you know, to to do that uh, particular job in this spot because, you know, the way he sells, the way he can control his body – um, I would have been concerned if anybody else went up there and did that, but he pulled it off uh, spectacularly. Again, one of those spots, I could do my best to describe it to you, but you just got to go see it for yourself. It was really good. Uh, another note that I took from this match is, number one, how Riddle is so good at those knees, those knees to the jaw or what looks like the jaw and how he makes it look and sound so real. Like I would be terrified to take that move if I was in the ring with him. But he protects his opponent every single time. You know, they're always okay, but it looks so real. And I also appreciated Ciampa actually taking advantage of the fact that Riddle's not wearing any shoes. So what did he do? He picked up his foot and he started Pete Dunning his toes. <laughs> you know, it, I was like, finally, somebody's actually doing that kind of stuff. Like, you know, that makes sense. He's not wearing shoes. Make him pay for the fact that he's not wearing shoes. Uh, but... You know, Ricochet also, another note that I had is that he's just so good at selling. It's like 2010's Dolph Ziggler when it comes to Ricochet and his selling. It's so good. It's so, so good, man. Uh, the way he flips, the way he bumps, the way he does everything. Uh, even the way he took that that uh, that punch from Logan Paul at SummerSlam. He folded, and it was phenomenal. It was great. Uh, so that that's one of Ricochet's many talents on top of everything else that he can do. In the ring with his body, but he's just so good at selling. But after all of it, uh, Gable ends up giving, well, attempting to give belly to back suplexes to all three men. Uh, the first two are interrupted with different moves, and then finally, 
and he hits the last man with the belly to black belly to back uh suplex on Chop, I believe it was, and ends up pinning him for the three count. And um yeah, I just remember back in the day when you know, maybe not even back in the day, maybe like five years ago or so, you know, or less. Nobody was allowed to win in their hometown. Like you're you're in your hometown, you're wrestling, you're taking the L in Vince's, you know, creative WWE. So it was pretty cool seeing people start to get the wins in their hometowns. And um, you know, Gable went to celebrate with his son who was sitting ringside. He picks up his son, and his son has on a singlet just like Gable's. <laughs> it's just it's adorable. It was hilarious. It was just great. I loved it. Loved every bit of it. So then we moved on to a backstage segment with Cody, uh, Sammy, and Seth backstage. Cody and Seth are arguing about having to be a team together. Seth just does not trust Cody. Cody's just trying to be like, hey, man, be cool. Like, relax. Like, let's just go win a match. And Seth is Seth is just paranoid. You know, he's a paranoid champion. He has the championship. He can't trust anybody. You got the target on your back. Totally understandable. Uh, but then Sammy is playing mediator. And, um, you know, both of them are like, all right, fine, you know, we're going to work together, blah, 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 and they walk away. Uh, and then the next thing that happens, they play a Roman and uh, Jay Uso recap video from SummerSlam um, in the match that literally broke my heart as I was there live. If you check my Instagram, you can see the video. I did not know uh, my buddy Cameron was actually recording that of me. That was a genuine reaction. That is exactly how I reacted to that match. It wasn't for the cameras. It wasn't for the gram. It just ended up going on there because Cameron is such a uh, he's such a talented individual when it comes to capturing moments. And he captured that one perfectly. And um, I, I just had to throw it up there. I thought it was that good. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, so, um, you know, they, they showed the recap video, Jimmy turning on Jay. I don't understand it. I can't wait till SmackDown where they explain all of this stuff. I also had a lot of questions about like the tribal combat match. I thought no interference was allowed in the first place. Um, they're going to, they're really going to have to do a lot of explaining on Friday. So, I'm just going to leave it at that and look forward to it. And uh, after that, The Miz was backstage getting ready for a follow-up. And the lady's like, hey, you're going to have to wait. And Miz is like, what do you mean? I'm the A-lister. What do you mean I have to wait? This is this is baloney. What are you talking about? I'm not waiting for anybody. La, da, da. Camera pans. And, of course, it's the megastar. It's L.A. Knight. He's getting his uh, pictures taken. Crowd pops big. Uh, so that's a confirmation. Hey, he's in the building. You're going to see him live tonight. So that was awesome. Uh, so the next next thing that happens, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Bronson Reed. I got to tell you, man, Bronson Reed, first of all, he's 330 pounds. That's crazy. That is insane. Okay, but he looks all 330 pounds. Like he really does. And that finishing move of his, the tsunami, it, I, I, I'm going to have to get somebody on this podcast who can explain what it's like to really take moves from big men like that. You know, big splashes, elbow drops, um, you know, just moves where kind of their body weight has to fall on you a bit. I'm interested to see how you can take that without getting killed. Um. You know, just seeing just seeing Bronson come off that top rope is truly spectacular. Um, but you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. I remember I used to go and watch him at NXT. He he was a fun guy to watch. Uh, I was really shocked when he got released, but I'm very happy they brought him back to the company. I think he's a good signing. 
and a good talent to have going forward. Another note that I had in this match, uh, Michael Cole talking about Shinsuke Nakamura's accolades, and he actually mentioned IWGP. He mentioned that. And I think that just shows the shift that's been happening between you know, Triple H's creative stance and Vince McMahon's creative stance, where Triple H has, I guess I'll say, maybe a little bit more appreciation of the other companies around the world and where all these talented guys have come from. But, I mean, it makes sense when you think about it. He, You know, when NXT was, like, black and gold and, you know, Triple H was bringing in all this indie talent, he knew where they were coming from. He had scouted them in those companies. So it makes sense that he's okay with acknowledging those companies because he understands... I think the benefits of having a good working relationship with those companies. And, um, you know, just hearing Michael Cole say that is is kind of remarkable, honestly, here in 2023. It's really cool. Uh, <laughs> Bronson Reed at one point gave Shinsuke this huge running powerbomb, and I really thought that was it. I, like, it, it was thunderous. Like, he really threw him on that mat. And I was like, okay, that's that's it. You know, Bronson's going to actually get a win over Shinsuke Nakamura. But Shinsuke kicked out. And it was actually pretty surprising to me. Uh, Shinsuke ended up winning uh, with a Kinshasa and, you know, got that victory. And, um, you know, lore behold what would happen with Shinsuke, you know, at the end of the night. But, uh, you know, that for for at this point, you know, I'm thinking, okay, that's it for Shinsuke tonight. Cool. You know, a uh, good win, good victory right there. And then we moved on to Raquel Rodriguez backstage, um, getting checked out by a doctor. Doctor tells Adam Pierce, hey, she's still not cleared from her injury. She can't go out there. She can't compete. They're still trying to build towards this, uh, you know, this Raquel Rodriguez and Shinsuke. Um, not Shinsuke, I'm sorry. Raquel Rodriguez and Rhea Ripley. Uh, bout that they're trying to build towards and uh, they're really taking their time with it I think Raquel has a legitimate injury that she's you know rehabbing from uh, shouldn't be out too much longer you know cross cross our fingers on that one but you know they they're doing a pretty good job of still building that while she's out you know just having her do little stuff here and there so next was a another backstage segment Maxine Dupree backstage Ludwig Kaiser comes in he's like oh I just wanted to congratulate Chad Gable on winning the number one contendership against Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship and then Kaiser kind of starts uh, flirting a little bit with Maxine Maxine's not really interested uh, you know Kaiser keeps running his mouth Maxine ends up slapping him he turns his face the camera pans away from Maxine just to Ludwig Ludwig turns back, and it's Otis standing right there. You know, WWE likes to do that with that style. And then Otis challenges Ludwig to a match later on in the night. So that would lead to the next segment, which was a Becky Lynch promo, where she's talking about the match that will happen next week in Winnipeg, which is Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus, finally one-on-one. No outside interference. Zoe Stark is banned from ringside. Zoe interrupts this promo, claiming... You know, Becky, you're scared of me. You're jealous of me because, uh, you know, Trish dumped you and that tag team with Lita and chose me. And, you know, you're just salty about that. And Shayna Baszler ends up interrupting. And Shayna and Zoe Stark end up having a match. And it's really hard hitting. Shayna's still 
really showing a lot of injuries from that match with Ronda Rousey, including one that, you know, I, I really think is legitimate with the orbital bone, the black eye. You can't really fake that. I, I don't know about the thumb injury that she had. I don't know if that's legitimate or the elbow injury. I wouldn't be surprised because they were really like stiffing each other during that match. Uh, at SummerSlam, but I, I just don't know. And you know what? Maybe that's a good thing. I don't need to know if the injury is legit. I'm just going to suspend my disbelief and say Shayna's really hurt and she's going to have to battle through all of these injuries and things of that nature. And that's fine. Uh, so, you know, they end up having a match. And, you know, I just got to say, Zoe Stark is very talented in the ring. Now, this is no shade on anybody in the women's division. I just want to make a very, like, clear point. And I know other fans have seen it, too, where sometimes some of the women's wrestlers, they might get a little bit, I don't want to say sloppy. Sloppy is not the word. They Sometimes it, it looks like maybe they don't have their balance completely or, like, maybe they're trying to do some things that they've been working on and it's just not looking all the way smooth yet. With Zoe, everything looks so smooth. Everything looks so smooth. Like, every single move that she does looks pretty effortless. And I'm really excited for her. She's another one of those people that I've watched in NXT that I really think have a bright future in, on the main roster. And, uh, of course, she still has some of the best entrance music in the business. Uh, Alicia Taylor just did a drum cover of it, and it was really awesome. Uh, but she she's just absolutely Phenomenal. I'm glad that she's getting a lot of TV time. She really deserves it. She's been really working her tail off to get to this point and um, really proud to see her where she is now. Uh, but Shayna ended up winning with a new finisher uh, that Michael Cole dubbed the world's baddest slam. So, you know, ode to Mark Henry there with that uh, with that finisher name. But um, you know, it's kind of like a power slam, but like a reverse power slam. It's, again, one of those things you just got to kind of see it and having a hard time describing what exactly it looks like. But it got the one, two, three. Uh, we'll see if they end up sticking with that finisher or if they go with something that maybe looks a little bit more impactful. Uh, who knows? But backstage again, a lot of backstage segments this week, but they were all like really good and really essential. And this time, Finn Balor is backstage talking to J.D. McDonough. And Damian Priest comes back there, and he's like, hey, man, what in the world? Like, you didn't walk out to the ring with us, and then, you know, you attack Seth from behind, you do your own thing. Like, wh what's going on? And Finn is like, well, you know, it's like you did your own thing at SummerSlam, and that's why I lost. You know, he's blaming Priest for, you know, uh, for Finn losing the – World Heavyweight Championship match. And, you know, there's more dissension and stuff there. Rhea comes and tries to break it up and everything, and J.D. provides his input. Damian Priest has a problem with that, but J.D. walks off. J.D. is also another one that I'm really, really happy for and really proud of. We actually go to the same gym down here in Orlando. I won't say which one, but we go to the same gym, and I see him uh, pretty frequently, and Honestly, I'm just really happy for him, too. I know how hard he works. I see it with my own eyes. I've seen him in NXT, how, you know, how he reinvented himself as, you know, just this, I want to say, de demonic presence, man. He's just evil. He's just ready to, you know, put hurt on people, put pain on people. You know, his stuff with Ilya Dragunov in NXT, unmatched, absolutely unmatched. The last match that they had uh, before his call-up, unbelievable 
unbelievable. I was standing, uh, I was standing somewhere near the curtain, and as they walked back backstage, I could hear the round of applause from all the talent back there that really appreciated, you know, what they what they did out there. They tried to kill each other, and it was, it was great. It was a great way for them to uh, to go out. Um, so it looks like you know maybe planting some seeds for uh, JD McDonough to make an impact on the main roster, and he most certainly did because. There was another backstage segment with Shinsuke Nakamura doing a backstage interview. And, um, you know, uh, Byron Saxon's like, hey, you requested this interview time. What's going on? And Shinsuke's like, you know, I'm just tired of being overlooked. And the interview gets cut short because there's some rumbling in the background. And Byron's like, you know, uh, uh, just hold that thought. Hold that thought. Guys, let's see what's going on over here and everything. They go around the corner and it's J.D. McDonough attacking Sami Zayn and, um, you know, beating him down pretty bad, injuring his elbow. And it looks like Sami Zayn is not going to make it to the main event because of J.D. McDonough. And, uh, yeah, J.D., hmm, wonder where that one's going to go. That seems very, very interesting. And the last thing we'll cover before we take our break for the episode is Otis versus Ludwig Kaiser. A lot of funny nuggets from this. So there was a, you know, they do those advertisements during people's entrances. Well, this time during one of the entrances, they did a Premier League. uh, They did a Premier League ad read because the Premier League is coming back on on the 2nd of September. Yes. On September 2nd, the Premier League will be back. Go Arsenal, go Gunners. And Wade Barrett was reading it. I thought that was pretty cool. They had him read it. He is uh, the British man in the room. (laughs) But then uh, Michael Cole, who I absolutely adore. I got a chance to meet him back in September. He's such a dad. Uh, Him and Wade Barrett start going back and forth about, you know, how to say Premier. And Cole's like, it's the Premier League, right, Wade? And he's like, Premier. Premier. <laughs> Cole's like, Premier, 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 Premier. And I'm like, that's great. That's America versus England right there, if there's anything like it. <laughs> so, um, Samantha Irvin, by the way, man, the way she says Ludwig Kaiser, it's, it's just undefeated. It's great. It's great every time. I don't know where she got the idea, but I'm glad she did it, and it sounds great. Uh, so they have a match. Otis is super over as usual. He's just a really lovable character. You can't really hate the guy. He's entertaining. He understands what he is, who he is, and he just plays off of it so perfectly. But Gunther eventually interfered to help Ludwig Kaiser win. They start the post-match beatdown, you know, three-on-one, and Chad Gable comes out and clears the ring. And uh, that, that match should be really really good Chad Gable versus Gunther I'm looking forward to that one as well because that one's going to be the typical David versus versus Goliath one but Chad is such a great wrestler and I mean wrestler like amateur wrestler that it's going to remind you if you've ever seen those NXT UK matches with Gunther when he was Walter and he was wrestling Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate if you haven't seen those matches, please go back and watch those matches because they're absolutely phenomenal. They're phenomenal examples of how you can do a David versus Goliath without having David just look so weak. You know, you can have David look so strong, but have Goliath look even stronger. And they pulled that off 
spectacularly and i feel like they're going to do the exact same thing here so let's take a quick break real quick and when we come back we will cover the rest of the show including la night the return of everybody's favorite tag team maybe not everybody's but a lot of people's favorite tag team and of course our main event of the evening the six-man tag all that when we come back on manifest wrestling stay tuned Welcome back to Manifest Wrestling with your host, Alfonso McCree Jr. Have I told you guys how to spell that today? I don't think I have. Let's go through it. It's A-L-P-H-O-N-S-O-M-C-C-R-E-E Jr. And you can bet on me and you can bet on the Manifest Wrestling Podcast here on the Believe Network. All right. Let's finish up this episode of Raw. It ended really, really well. I liked it. So the backstage interviewer is by the doctor's office, of course. Oh, I'm waiting on the word from Cody and Seth. Of course, they come out. Perfect timing, which they always do. It's WWE. Yeah. So they say Sammy is not able to compete tonight after the backstage attack. And Seth is like, uh, you know, Cody walks away. He's like, hey, you can have this interview. You're the champ. Seth is like, you know, it's two on three now, and I can't even trust Cody, so it might as well be three on one, and all of a sudden, into the frame walks Shinsuke Nakamura, and he's like, you know what, hey, I'll take that third spot in the match, I got your back, I got this, and he takes the spot in the six-man tag match, so now the main event is Judgment Day versus Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, and Shinsuke Nakamura. But not before we have The Miz coming out for a promo. So The Miz comes out. They go to commercial break. And they come back. And The Miz is in the ring. And he's complaining about respect. And about L.A. Knight. And about the photo shoot. And about this. And about that. And about how he's been working so hard for so many years. And he's tired of being disrespected. You know, it's a typical great Miz promo. And out comes L.A. Knight. He gets the huge pop, the huge Attitude Era style pop. He gets it. And, you know, Miz really cuts a passion promo better than mostly everybody. I mean, I can't find anybody who does it better than him. It's very believable. You can tell he really believes what he's saying. There's a lot of truth to what he's saying as well and a lot of real feelings behind it. But both of them made some good points. You know, Miz is like, hey, look at everything that I've been through and I've been here for years um, and, you know, I've had like a 20-year career and, you know, I've been successful. I've made it into WrestleMania. I'm a two-time Grand Slam champion. I'm, you know, reality show star. I've made it. I'm a millionaire. I've done what nobody thought I would do. They thought it would last for three months. And yet here I am still in 2023. And he made some great points. And he's like, LA Knight, what have you done? And this gets LA Knight thinking. And he's like, you know what I've done? I've scratched and clawed and I've made myself a dangerous man and I've prepared myself for this moment and I have done everything in my power to put myself in a position to be able to be right here, right where I am right now, because we've been running a parallel race, but my road has been a little bit more rocky than yours has. And yet here we are face to face. 
And I think this is going to be a great opportunity for WWE to connect LA Knight even more with the fans. Because right now, like, we love his catchphrases. We love his Attitude Era style approach to pro wrestling in 2023. But what you need out of a great babyface is really that personal connection. And LA Knight's story is actually very inspirational. I mean, the guy's 40. You know, he spent a lot of time in TNA and just climbing through the ranks of professional wrestling before he ever got his opportunity in WWE. And when he gets his opportunity in WWE, he's sent to NXT. He's 40 years old, and he gets sent to NXT uh, to get this gimmick over as LA Knight. And, you know, he's, again, scratching, clawing, trying to make it work. And now it's finally starting to pay off for him. He's getting these huge pops that he deserves uh, based off of, you know, the chemistry. Well, not the chemistry, the charisma, rather, that he has and the work that he's put in when he was Eli Drake and everything in between. And, um, you know, it's great to see him in this position. But it's also, you know, The Miz has also... You know, he has a great story as well. He also has a story full of trials and tribulations and triumph. And both stories are so very real. But the thing with L.A. Knight is that, you know, you're trying to push this baby face. You got to give us something more than catchphrases to emotionally connect to. Because if you remember, we had the same kind of situation with Enzo Amore. Right. But once Enzo Amore kind of, I guess revealed himself as who he, you know, truly was and everything like that. You know, and I'm not talking about his cases or anything like that. I'm just talking about the backstage presence that he was that started to bleed into on screen. People kind of got turned off to him a bit uh, because of that. They saw him as a jerk, not as somebody that was, you know, worthy of cheers and things like that. And, you know, it's just unfortunate. But here we are again in another situation Uh, With a similar kind of character, albeit better in the ring. You know, I don't think there's anybody that would say L.A. Knight can't wrestle. I think there was a lot of people that didn't think that uh, Enzo Amore could. Um, But I don't think that L.A. Knight has that same problem. So he can put on a quality match, but he can also talk very, very well. He's one of the best talkers in the business today. And uh, I think this this feud is going to be a great opportunity Uh, to really, truly cement his popularity and make sure it stays and has longevity. Uh, But to close out this segment, Miz goes for the Skull Crushing finale and Knight counters with the BFT, a.k.a. the Blunt Force Trauma. That's what his uh, finisher is called. And um, (laughs) it was funny at the beginning, Miz was complaining that LA Knight didn't shake his hand. So after Knight hits him with the BFT, he shakes his limp hand. It It was a good... It was a good way to finish the segment. <laughs> so um, the next thing that happens is the Viking Raiders uh, issue an open challenge via vignette. And we go to commercial. Michael Cole's like, oh, who's going to be the one to accept the challenge? So, you know, it's going to be somebody, somebody that, you know, we don't really expect is going to accept the challenge. And they come back and. Lo and behold, it's the New Day making their return. It's Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston. It's so good to see them, and especially in the light of the news that Big E probably is never going to be able to wrestle again after that neck injury. It's really unfortunate, but you know, as I was telling my buddy Cameron the other day, you know, I'm just glad that he won the WWE title before that happened to him. Uh, I know the title reign wasn't that great, but 
you know, he really deserved to at least be able to call himself WWE champion before everything was all said and done. And, you know, he was able to do that. So I'm really happy that he got that opportunity and, uh, you know, really unfortunate news that he can't, you know, in all likelihood wrestle again, even with modern medicine, you know, they can't find a way to help him get back in the ring, which, you know, it's just really unfortunate. Great human being, great athlete, great wrestler, you know, great uh, spokesman for the company, great representation of African-Americans uh, in sports and in general. And, um, you know, I, I just hope he can find a new passion in life following uh, that unfortunate event. And, um, you know, I, I honestly, I hope Ridge Hollins can, you know, find peace with what happened as well. You know, it's never easy knowing that you're the person kind of responsible for something like that. Uh, but, you know, hopefully he can move forward in a healthy way. And, you know, that doesn't, you know, eat him, you know, eat at him for the rest of his career. Uh, you know, wishing both of them the best. But the New Day comes back and they, they wrestle. They pick up the victory over Eric and Ivar. I just got to say, Ivar's splash is a thing of beauty. And I really hope that Eric and Ivar can make this gimmick work because they're really talented. They're they're big men, but they're so agile. And they're so good in the ring. And it's just the gimmick isn't really connecting with with the fans the way that uh, they hope it would. It's not connecting as a heel act or as a face act. And... Um, you know, hopefully they can find something because they really do live that gimmick. They they do Viking stuff outside of WWE. This isn't just something they you know they come to the arena and put on paint and that's it. You know they they really are into all that stuff. So hopefully they can find a creative way to share that with the WWE universe and really get that over. Uh, so last thing before the main event starts, Becky Lynch is backstage cutting a. Another promo. She got a lot of TV time today. And Shayna interrupts. She says, hey, I didn't need your help out there. But, you know, now that Ronda's gone, I'm kind of on this tour of uh, unfinished business. And the man is on my list. And so, you know, that planted seeds for an eventual match down the line with those two. And now it was time for the main event. Judgment Day versus Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, and Shisuke Nakamura. This one got interesting. So, as the Judgment Day is making their entrance, you can just see Finn Balor staring a, a hole into the back of Damian Priest's head. And it was really, really funny, actually. It was, it was a really funny visual seeing that. Um, and as they're making their entrance, here comes Raquel Rodriguez. And she attacks Rhea Ripley during her entrance. And, um, you, know, the, you know, people come down, try to pull them apart, including Raquel's friends, Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae. And uh, Candice Ray and Indy Hartwell end up getting beat up a little bit by Rhea Ripley uh, just for being there. And, um, yeah, like I said, it looks like we're building towards that that match, and it should be pretty good. Um, so one thing I noticed, man, Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins, neither one of them suffer from that dreaded second entrance, you know, crowd reaction fall off. You know, you know, when somebody comes out at the beginning of the show, they get that initial pop because it's the crowd's first time seeing them that night and they're really hype and stuff. And then when they come out for the main event, it's not the same. 
because they hey we already seen this entrance like yeah just get to the ring whatever no cody and seth don't have that problem and it's because they have very singable entrance music and shinsuke does too shinsuke got a pretty good reaction because all three of them have entrance music that you can sing along to so crowds are going to keep singing along to that music no matter how many times it's played and uh i think that's pretty good for them it just goes to show entrance music matters it really matters a lot and i'm just i gotta say it i i I know i said i wouldn't be uh too critical of anything uh but this isn't of the talent you know this is just i miss jim johnston okay a lot of the entrance music today is severely lacking severely lacking and you'll notice all of the best stars in the business in wwe right now have very good entrance music whether it's roman reigns the Usos, Solo Sokoa, Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, Shinsuke, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. All of them have great entrance music. Rhea Ripley's music is top tier. Asuka's music, Bianca Belair's music, Charlotte Flair's music, it's all top tier. Becky Lynch's music, top tier. And then if you look at the bottom of the card... At some of the people that just cannot seem to get over, look at what their entrance music sounds like. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So there was turmoil between both teams. You know, people arguing over who's going to start the match. Cody and Seth are arguing. Uh, so Shinsuke's like, oh, I'll, I'll get in. And then on the other side, Finn and Damian are arguing. And Dominic is like, uh, I, hey, I got this. You, you guys, I'll, I'll start. So Shinsuke and Dom starting, and you know they start the match and everything like that. Somewhere in the match, um, Finn and Priest start working together, double teaming. And Priest forgets that he's the legal man, so he starts to get out of the ring and get back onto the apron. And Rhea yells at him, "Priest, you're legal. Get in." (laughs) It's it's great. It's really good. So um, the finish of the match, Priest ends up introducing the briefcase, hits Cody on the uh, the back with it. And uh, Sami Zayn ends up coming out to help. You know, he's holding one arm. He can't use it, but he's still, you know, punching and doing all this stuff. And uh, Finn ends up taking the pin because he's holding the briefcase. Seth Rollins comes in, kicks it into his face, into Cody's arms, who hits Finn with the crossroads for the one, two, three. Um, And Seth still looks really just, "Eh, I don't trust Cody. All that stuff. They're playing that up. And, uh, you know, they end up actually shaking each other's hands after the match. And Seth is like, you know what, whatever. Whatever. I'll shake your hand. I'll be a man about this. I'll shake your hand. So they all go up to the apron. And one thing I know this is that, hmm, Shinsuke's not going up to the apron. What's he doing over there? What's he doing over there in that little corner? And uh, (laughs) so, you know, they go up to the corner. They're, you know. Like, oh, look at me, we won. And then Seth ends up getting down, and boom, Kinshasa. Shinsuke Nakamura knocks Seth on his butt. And we have a new program being set up for the World Heavyweight Championship. And as I thought previously, it's too early to be doing Seth versus Cody right now. You want to wait until at least Survivor Series or the Royal Rumble to do that one. So it looks like for the next couple months, at least... 
it's going to be Shinsuke Nakamura and Seth Rollins, which I ain't mad at. I'll take that. That looks like it's going to be absolutely spectacular. Um, so, you know, just some closing notes on the show. I really actually enjoyed it. Um, you know, typically I'll watch the shows on YouTube afterwards. Uh, it, you know, it just comes on so late. I try to go to sleep, but... You know, this time I decided I wanted to watch it because I wanted to bring you guys new episodes of Raw Reviews. And, um, you know, it was really important to me to make sure that I watched the full show. That way I could get little nuggets like the ones I was talking about today. You know, it's the little things in pro wrestling that really bring the big things together. And uh, I felt like I was able to pay a lot more attention to that here uh, for this episode of Raw. So, That'll do it for our Monday Night Raw review for August 7th, 2023. This has been Manifest Wrestling. We will be back later on in the week. Guaranteed episode uh, coming to you on Saturday for the Friday Night Smackdown review in which there is a segment already announced for Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. And uh, you have to think Jimmy's going to be there as well to kind of explain his actions. I really feel like this is turning into a situation where we're eventually going to see that fatal four-way that everybody thinks is coming with Roman Reigns versus Jay versus Jimmy versus Solo. Uh, so, hey, I'm just going to sit back, relax, let WWE tell their story, and everything is going to be peachy, okay? All right, so to the wrestling fan, to the aspiring pro wrestler, and to those who just came here to hang out a bit, I appreciate you stopping by the manifest wrestling podcast i've been your host alfonso mccree jr that's a l p h o n s o m c c r e e jr and you can bet on me and you can bet on a new episode coming your way very soon thanks for tuning in i'll see you guys in the next one stay blessed